Welcome back to another episode of AWM Insights. It's your Power 3, two CPWAs and a CFA. We are Eric, Brandon, and Justin. Each week, we cover what you need to know to capture the returns you deserve and invest like a pro. And what a way to start out 2021, guys. We uh, saw some crazy things last week. The Democrats win the Georgia Senate race, resulting in a blue wave. Uh, Elon Musk becomes the richest man on the planet. Bitcoin graduates, crosses 40K. What a wild day that was. And then there's talks about the 25th Amendment. President-elect Joe Biden almost guarantees in an Atlanta speech that the 2K stimulus check will go out the door. And of course, last Wednesday, we literally see rioters try and take the Capitol like we're in the Hunger Games, which of course means the markets march higher. What is absolutely going on? Oh, man. Uh, I'll take that one first, I guess. Um, It's hard to say exactly what's going on, but from a market standpoint, uh, you know, markets don't care about emotion, really. And and, and we have to keep in mind that markets are forward looking. Uh, the, the politics that you see going on in the country uh, don't necessarily uh, always always translate into some sort of market uh, market impact. Um, they can in some cases, but in this case, they certainly didn't. So you always have to remember that the the economy, politics, are not the markets, right? The stock market is is really devoid of emotion and is forward looking. Sometimes that can result in, in heightened volatility, as we saw in March of, of 2020 because of the COVID lockdowns. And uh, fast forward to the first week of 2021, where where, where rioters were storming the Capitol and markets just trudged higher. They they basically shrugged it off. And so, um, you know, it's illogical, I guess, if you take a take a step back and look at it in hindsight, but you need to understand that that's going to happen. And it's going to happen both up or down in some cases. Yeah, I think absolutely. And it's also good to remember this isn't this isn't the first time this has happened, right? We've had traumatic events throughout our country's history. Uh, JFK being assassinated, World War One, World War II, uh, 9-11, right? And we look at, at what markets did. And I think when you go back and study them, it, it's a good lesson in, Hey, sometimes these world events, if they're not changing economic policy, they're not changing tax rates, they're not changing interest rates, they're not changing the things that are going to impact the future forward earnings potential for companies, it might not have an impact on the market. And I think, you know, this is where uh, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm sure thankful that, that we have the investment philosophy we do and we're not trying to predict uh, markets because, you know, the more and more time that we've been in this business, that I've been in this business, I think, you know, I've become more and more confident in one thing, and that's my lack of ability to predict. Um, and, you know, I think it takes some humility and maturity to get there early in your career, right? Or early in an investment career, whether you're an investor, uh, or you're somebody that's giving investment advice, I think you're always so tricked into, hey, my value is I'm going to predict the future. I'm going to I'm going to determine which way Apple's going to go up or down or which way the U.S. stock market's going to go up or down. Or I'm going to pick, you know, Neo, the, the next hot competitor to Tesla. Um, and then you take a step back and you see what the pros have done over time. Uh, and the pros take that long term approach. So. I, that was one thing I was thankful for watching watching all this unfold this week is thankfully we weren't uh, 
that we weren't trying to predict what was going to happen with the investment markets. And, and it's so hard because even us as professionals, right? We're sitting at home, we're watching uh, rioters at the Capitol and trying to make sense of what we've been told by financial pundits and just economists for a very long time, right? Uh, this is what a blue wave could mean to the investment portfolios or to taxes and and yet the markets are up and then even in the midst of a riot the next morning thursday morning markets are up and and i think it's it's emotionally really hard and you know i uh, without using his name was was on the the phone yesterday with a, a client of ours who's very very bright you know but he's got a couple million dollars at stake here and what him and I talked about, what was different about his situation than his parents is he has a protective reserve. He has three years of cash sitting uh, essentially on the sidelines that says in this midst of uncertainty, the thing that allows him to stay invested like a pro is that he's only risking capital that should be risked. He has some certainty in his plan that allows him to be compensated for taking this risk. And I think that that's the financial structure is really important of how we, how to be a pro has so much more to do with discipline and evidence base than allowing your emotions to be dictated. And Justin, it's something you and I talked off offline about is talk a little bit about how non-experts, these financial experts and economists are. Yeah, right. It, it, this is a time of year where uh, where forecasts for the the year ahead, the next twelve months are are just bombing my inbox right now. And and if if nothing else from the past year, twenty twenty, boy, did it underscore how futile those forecasts really are. Um, and you know, you can see plenty of studies, and you can really go back look at January twenty twenty. You know, Forbes generally has a a forum forum where they discuss um, their outlooks for the coming year, and I haven't put the statistics to it, but I'd be willing to bet the vast majority of them were wrong, right? Um, I, no one predicted COVID, so they were all wrong on that one. And <laughs> no one probably predicted uh, what the markets were going to do correctly. Uh, it's, just, it's just such a hard thing to do predicting the future. But you can understand where risk comes from and adequately take risk. Uh, so you're rewarded and compensated for that, right? And that's the evidence-based side of it that Eric just touched on. Um, and, and, and pairing that with a good overall financial structure, protective reserve, and then taking risk intelligently, taking risk like the pros do, taking compensated risk or getting exposure to compensated risk is the way to go. Yeah. One of the things I want to dig into on this podcast is it's interesting you're talking about having calculated risk, taking evidence-based risk. In one breath, we have clients asking and prospects talking about the uncertainty of the overall stock market. Um, but then the other side of their mouth, they're asking about buying Bitcoin and chasing the return of Tesla. You know, Elon Musk is now, he's worth more than ExxonMobil, right? Like this is, this is wild. So share a little bit about how investors... Uh, should be thinking about individual equities and Bitcoin, even in the midst of uh, this fear of, of the overall stock market? 
Brandon, you want to take that one? You want me to go first? <laughs> I'm probably the most opinionated, so I'll, I'll take a shot first, and then we'll let the CFA jump in. But hey, that was that. Let, let's take a pause. That, that might be the first time. It is 2021. <laughs> We're eight days in, or whatever. But Brandon took a pause to not just kill this. So now, uh, now we've put some gasoline on the fire. Let's let him have it be. <laughs> no, I mean, I think. Look, it, at the end of the day it's sort of the theme I hit on earlier, right? I think as you mature in this business and you look at the evidence that's that's out there, right? Picking individual equities just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, you've got teams of people that are far smarter than us that spend all their time doing this and all the evidence shows that it can't be supported or it can't be repeated, right? It's not, it doesn't persevere over time. Um, and so, you know, yeah, there's there's some hype around, say, a Tesla. I get the allure of it, um, you know, but I think this is just going back to the the gambling fallacy, right? Like you you see something like that, you don't want to miss out, um, you know, and so I think it goes back. We hit on this last week. If you've gone through your financial structure, if you have enough resources to achieve your family's priorities and what you your priorities for the future, and you want to take a little bit of a gamble on an individual stock. I don't think anybody's going to fault you in that. What I would argue is why not tip the odds in your favor rather than go to invest in a company like Tesla where all information is public and you have no information advantage. Uh, why not go to the private markets and take a look at somewhere that maybe you do, maybe it, maybe it's the next Tesla, right? Tesla pre-IPO, pre pre-becoming available to everybody. Um, and that's where, you know, at least personally, I would take my bets. Um, you know, we look at the sources of returns. We know that the only place to make outsized returns is in venture capital. Certainly comes with the risk. Uh, but if you're if you're talking about the public markets, I mean, you're kind of fooling yourself if you think you're making a smart move by doing a, you know, an investment in individual equity, in my opinion. Yeah, right. It, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and, and even uh, more difficult in the private markets and in venture, it's not just venture, right? It's the top decile. Uh, yeah. You have to be with the top investors inside the venture capital world. And so it's very, very difficult to have outsized returns and to get access to that. And so I think that that's, you know, the main point of why we're on this podcast once again, we're agnostic to what people invest in, the way that, that, that we're structured. We just wanna help you achieve the priorities that you've set forth in the most, uh, you know, the most uh, safest way, right? And with the highest confidence. And that's why we're saying, don't rely on your emotion. Don't allow your, your neighbor, your coworker, your teammate to convince you to risk money that you're counting on to try and chase something that that the evidence actually says you're most likely going to lose your money. And so this is really about trying to help you make the smart decisions. Totally. And to Brandon's point, right, the the risk to get those outsized returns is there. I mean, go back to Tesla when when it was, you know, probably pre-IPO uh, or actually post-IPO when Elon Musk came in. I mean, he he basically says he he invested his, his his entire net worth at that point in time to save the company. Talk about having a risk appetite, and it could have gone south, right? Um, and and we're, by no means are we saying you could do that with Tesla or anything like that today, Neo or whatnot. But just the risk that is involved with these companies uh, is there. It, it's not like Tesla 
is is a risk-free investment. It's going to keep going upwards. I mean, there's a very real potential. You know, this is just a completely hypothetical, but that China could just shut Tesla Tesla's participation in the Chinese market down. Right? Neo, we've mentioned that company. That's a Chinese uh, backed firm. Uh, or Chinese uh, founded in China, right? And and who who's to say the Chinese government couldn't just say, hey, we're going to pick the winner here, and it's going to be Neo in our marketplace, and then you know Tesla's market cap gets slaughtered because of it. Um, you're seeing that somewhat right now with one of their own um, own created firms with Alibaba and 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 the trust um, the trust uh, busting investigation that the Chinese government is going through right now with respect to Alibaba, right? We haven't seen Jack Ma, the founder of Alibaba for months. And it's just, uh, it, it's wild what can happen when you are uh, investing in, a, in an individual company. It could work out really, really well, but it could also, um, you know, conceivably go to zero. Yeah. yeah and I, I was just saying- Single company risk, Eric, hit on like an Enron, right? I yeah. mean, think about what could happen there. To to your point, as we're going to hit on the same thing, is the the curious thing of where a lot of people actually get hurt and lose a catastrophic amount of their wealth is in winning positions. So uh, one of the the unfortunate things is you might you might be on a run for a decade, and all of a sudden you get into that stock position and it corrects 30 and 40%. Well, if your cost basis was from a decade ago, you're, you're okay that it corrected a little bit. But if you're just chasing the winners, what we know is the winners of today are not the winners of tomorrow. Um, at least no, there's no evidence that's going to guarantee that forward. And so when you start to take concentrated risk, you're, you are really risking a lot of your certainty around your financial structure. And it's just not wise. And going back to the private markets, you know, Bitcoin, <laughs> talking to to one of our, our clients uh, the other day, we've worked really through it. This is money he doesn't need. So if it lights up in flames, he says he's okay with it. He couldn't even get on Coinbase to transact. I think that that's the other risky thing about the markets is if it just shuts down on you. So the illiquidity is a real thing. It it doesn't, the hard thing about when we see markets going forward and having positive returns is it feels easy. So, you know, how, how quickly we forgot of how dangerous illiquidity in the real estate market is, is that people talk about real estate like it, it can't go down. Like there's no risk. I, I live in Arizona, the Maricopa County, the fastest growing county in the United States. Uh, what I just sold my house for is crazy to me. It can feel like it's a can't miss thing. Bitcoin to 40,000. If it's at 40, it's absolutely going to a hundred, right? So I think it's one of those things that we've got to take a deep breath, take a step back and say, Hey, don't let my emotions get me. What are the facts? What are my priorities? What are the investment plan that, that I'm trying to achieve? Yeah, totally. It's it's going back to outcomes, right? And, and what your family priorities are, what your generational priorities are, what you want to teach to your kids, and 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 how you want to leave that legacy or imprint that legacy going forward. It's not this, you know, knee jerk reaction. What's going on in the world today, and that's going to dictate my investment strategy. You really, really do need to take a step back, take that deep breath, understand the power of of compound return understand discipline, understand the source of risk. And again, Eric, you kind of just hit on it. Like if, if you check all those boxes and you want a little bit of entertainment and, and you, you understand what you're doing, Hey, by all means, go scratch that itch. I, I think that 
that makes sense. If it if it helps you be disciplined with the bulk of your capital, with your overall financial structure, I actually think it's probably a good thing, right? To to do that, um, to keep you invested, because that at the end of the day is the most important thing here. Is we don't want to permanently impair any capital or permanently impair your ability to to reach your outcomes that you you've outlined. Yeah, and I would I would just add really quick. Let's not forget what generates the best returns in your lifetime. It's your human capital. It's your ability to go out and earn money and save it. So, you know, if somebody's promising you, certainly in the public markets, that they're going to change your life, um, you probably need to listen to somebody else. Uh, and then on the private markets, Eric, you hit on it. It's the exclusivity. We heard the analogy, I think it was yesterday, which I think is fantastic. It's it, the, the analogy to college football, right? We've got this playoff every year. Uh, there's 300 and however many uh, NC2A programs out there every year, it's the same 10 every year. Alabama's in the four, you know, the, <laughs> the, the winners keep winning. There's doesn't, nothing stops my Bruins from, you know, going out and well, I guess we hired a high paid coach, but there's nothing that stops us right from this recruiting effort and all this kind of stuff. Well, guess what? Nobody's coming to Westwood cause they'd rather go play in Alabama. W's, you know, they get people in the door. It's the same thing on the private side and investing, right? You got, you've got the same firms that are at the top because the the same opportunities continue to come to them. They have the most leverage, etc. So, you know, I think it's good for people not to lose sight. This is a professional's game, um, and you need to know the game you're playing. And you know, you got to be in the right spot, especially on the private side. Yeah. And I would just, you know, echo that about the professionalism of, of it is we work with a lot of professional athletes. We know this, we laugh about it when we're having conversations with them of, you know, it's one thing for me to play fantasy football or fantasy baseball. It's a whole different thing. If I'm actually Jason Wright, the president of the Washington football team who has expertise on how to run an organization, it's different, right? If I'm the GM of a, of a team, I actually have expertise to be able to deploy that and hopefully win a World Series where fantasy uh, world is fun, but every professional athlete laughs, right, at the amateur, at the fanatic. And that's really what we're uh, what we're talking about is don't be an amateur, don't be a fanatic, because way too much is at stake. You've worked extremely hard to make the money that you've had, and you've put yourself in a position to have success. And that's where I love where we sit as advisors in the independent family office spaces. We've got nothing to sell you. You know, we're not telling you these things because we're trying to convince you to invest in in our proprietary products. We're sitting here saying you've worked so hard. You've articulated to us. These are the priorities that you want to achieve. Now allow us the pros to be able to say, here's what the evidence is. Here's the best path forward for the most amount of success. And so, you know, we appreciate your guys's time. We're in this with you. We're paying attention to all the news that you guys are seeing every single day. Of course, we'd love to hear from you. Head over to awminsights.com drop your email in there, make sure that you're getting access to all the latest information, share your thoughts with us. And until next time, stay humble, stay hungry, and always be a pro. The information in this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. 
Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision.